I'm excited about today. I've been excited about today for a while because we are starting a new series of lessons on the Holy Spirit. And when we started looking at this last year, we sent out surveys and we asked people, what is it you would like to hear a sermon series on or a class on and those types of things? And this was one of the things that we heard quite a bit. It's like, we'd love to hear more about the Holy Spirit. And I think that's fantastic. I think it's, that's exactly the kind of thing uh, that we want to talk about. Because when it comes to the Holy Spirit, there's a lot of confusion. There really is. There's a lot of confusion sometimes about the Spirit. And, and I, I, I think it's because, you know, we, maybe we were raised a certain way or certain churches and this kind of thing. And, and maybe our experiences are a little different. And for some people, you know, your experience was, you know, more of a miraculous uh, aspect of the Spirit. In fact, you, the focus was so much on the Holy Spirit. That's all that was talked about. And then there's others, they look at that and they say, well, you know what, we don't want to get into this emotionalism. And so it, they kind of downplay the Holy Spirit a little bit. And I would imagine many of you in here had the similar experience that I had growing up in, in the congregation that I love and still love, my home church. Uh, but what I was taught is that the Holy Spirit works through the Word only. And it works through Christians who speak God's truth into our lives based on what we read in Scripture. Some of you probably came somewhere in between, you know? Uh, maybe you believe in the, the Spirit, but you believe that the miraculous is not quite like we're reading about in those early days of, of the early church. And so we hear all of these, these varying things about what is the Spirit. But here's what I'm going to tell you as we start this series. We all, and this includes me and when I'm doing these studies, we all have to check our worldviews at the door. If we're going to understand more what the ancients believed and what they taught, we've got to come with an open mind. But a lot of people, they don't necessarily come to the Scriptures and topics like this and, and always have an open mind because we feel like we already know. We know. Um. And, and so here's the problem, though. We've already said there's all these varying views out there sometimes, and, and every single one of them believe they know. But if they all know, then why we got differing beliefs? So we gotta, we got to open our minds. In my late 20s, in my late 20s is the first time that I was studying, and I was like, I really believe that the, the Holy Spirit indwells in us works through our conscience, leads us and guides us, but, but you know, don't believe the, the miraculous age. I believe that was over. Later on in life, as I continue to study, I began to believe, well, you know what? I think God can still do miracles. I just don't necessarily think it's going to be as frequent as what we read. Um, in the scriptures and, and where they were going in these first places. But I, I don't know if I could say that, it, it, that in places where the Word of God is not prevalent today, that that's probably some areas where God would be open to that kind of thing. And I say all of that to say this, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Because this is, this is really an important topic. 
the first thing we need to understand, this is, this is Holy Spirit 101. The Holy Spirit did not show up until the New Testament, okay? The Holy Spirit is found on the first page of the Bible. And it continue, we see the Holy Spirit, and guess what? The Spirit is mentioned again on the last page of the Bible. The, the Bible is not going to make a lot of sense to us if, if we discount the Spirit of God. So this is a very big topic. When Peyton and I sat down and we started talking about, okay, we want to do a month along on this. We're going to do four weeks. And this is a big topic. So it's like, what do we, what do we narrow this thing down to? And then the real question is, okay, where do you even start with a topic like this? And the answer to that is, in the very beginning. <laughs> So we're going to open up our Bibles this morning to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Um, and we're going, we're going to start there. Because we're going to learn just two things. That's all we have time for. Because Joe took up all my time during the Lord's Supper. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. You get me and Peyton all the time. Uh, the first thing I want to notice is this. The Holy Spirit is the breath of life. Did you know it's the first thing that we learn about the Spirit of God? He is the breath of life. The second sentence in Scripture says this, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The earth is described as this dark, watery wasteland. And here's the Spirit of God. He's hovering over this chaotic mess. But the first thing we learn is about the Spirit is His name. Spirit. It's a Hebrew word. Ruach. This is where Peyton and I, we like to give words where you can spit on each other. Ruach. And its most basic meaning is simply this, to breathe, breath. So when you breathe in and out this morning, that's Ruach. Put your, put your hand on your chest and just take a couple of breaths. Feel that? What you're feeling is Ruach, okay? Um, going to use a candle but I couldn't find one around the church building and Missy won't let me bring her good stuff so you can see the flame maybe I'm not sure everybody in the back but just watch the flame see it flickering everybody see it flickering watch breath is another aspect of this word. Now, you couldn't see my breath, but what you could see is the effects, right? Another aspect of the word ruach is wind. Y'all just thought I had this up here because I get hot. So you can, you can watch. I don't know if you can really see in the back or not as well. We've seen it quite a bit in our trees over the last week, right? Every afternoon around 3 to 5 o'clock. And we see this wind, but we don't see the wind. 
But what we see is the effects of the wind. And you may be saying, what in the world are you talking about? What does this have to do with anything? The point is that the Spirit animates things, even though we can't see the Spirit, but we can see its work. We can, we can see that the Spirit provides the energy for all things. An invisible entity that produces visible results. The very next verse, and we may not have, you may not have ever really made this connection, but here it is. Whoops. It's verse 3 says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Ten times throughout Genesis chapter 1, is, and God said. Here he is. He's creating the world by speaking. Speaking is a way of releasing ruach. It's a way of releasing your breath. Okay? One more thing here. Put your hand over your mouth. And I want you to say this with me. Which way to the beach? Ready? Which way to the beach? You feel that? Feel that air? That is, that's your ruach. That's your, your breath as you speak. And we really see this as, as we get into chapter 2 of Genesis. And he kind of backs up in the creation account. And he backs up and he gives us a little bit more details about humanity that has been made. And this is what it says. Then the Lord God formed man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Job later says, the Spirit of God has made me. But then it says, and the breath of the Almighty give me life. God speaks. God spoke. The Spirit of God then creates. It provides that the life and the energy and the power that is needed. The breath of God, it is a gift that every one of us receive at birth, and it will be there until one day we die. And we know breath is very important, isn't it? Did you know that we breathe about 20,000 breaths a day? And probably you never even think about it. We don't. We don't unless we get short of breath. We don't think about our breath. Because God has programmed our brains to instinctively monitor the levels of oxygen and carbon dioxide that's going in and out. When we take a deep breath, in fact, take a deep breath. I feel good. You may want another one. When we take a deep breath, it has the ability to help calm us down. It tells our brain, our brain tells the rest of the body to relax. Taking deep breaths, it has the ability to, to lower our heart rate, to lower our stress levels. And I'm simply showing you, this is one of the ways that God is present in our world doing His work. Now, the Hebrew word is ruach. But the Greek word, we don't do as much spitting, but it's pneuma. And that word means really the same. It means wind, breath, and to blow. And whether you realize it or not, the New Testament begins just like the Old Testament in that it, it tells us about the creative 
aspect, the creative work of the Holy Spirit. And you're like, really? What is that? We call it the virgin birth. But there in, in the book of Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, you know, here Mary and Joseph, and it says, before they came together, she was found to be with child. How? She's not having a child like other people have children. This is from the Holy Spirit. The Spirit creates life within her womb. And if we get, capture Ruach from Genesis chapter 1, it really doesn't surprise us when we get to Matthew chapter 1. Because we realize that the Spirit of God creates in these, these dark and uninhabitable places. Sometimes it's over chaotic water. Sometimes it's the womb. And, and, in, and, and then we get into Jesus' baptism a couple of chapters later. Jesus is baptized, he comes up out of the water, the heavens are open, and what happened? He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. Now, whether you realize it or not, this is alluding back to Genesis chapter 1. I say this often, Peyton says this, says this often, everything comes back to Genesis 1 through 3, and, and really one through, and chapters 1 through 11, but it just keeps coming back to it. But I want you to think about this, um, here it's recalling Genesis 1, and this is when the Spirit is hovering over the face of the waters. Now, there's only two other times in the Hebrew where the word hovering is used. Do you want to know, want to guess, every other time it's used? It's referring to birds that hover. Matthew's absolutely playing off of this. And he says that when the Spirit of God comes, He is hovering, coming down like a bird, like a dove. This is God's creative power. And Jesus has become the new creation at this moment as He lives a fully human life in the power of the Spirit. He shows us what it's like to live a, a Spirit-filled, a Spirit-empowered life. And Jesus was planning all along that he's going to pour that spirit out on us. Once he has, has conquered death at his, at, and sin at his, at his crucifixion and his resurrection, and he ascended to the right hand of God. After Jesus' resurrection, he goes and he meets with the disciples. He's going to be sending out and spreading this message and it says something interesting there in John chapter 20. It says that Jesus breathed on them. What happened? They received the Holy Spirit. Breath. Breathing. The Spirit of God. The verb breathed. It's only used here in the New Testament. But its, its Hebrew word is used a few times in the Hebrew Scriptures. One of those we've already seen is Genesis 2, verse 7. When he is creating man and he's bringing life, breath, into humanity. Another time is in Ezekiel, chapter 37, verse 9. You may have heard of the Valley of Dry Bones. Boy, you talk about a vision. 
Why Hollywood hadn't picked up on this one, I don't know. Here's these, all these dry bones, and all of a sudden, we see that God is going to breathe. He breathes on these bones, these dried out bones, and they come to life. Their muscles and sinew and all that kind of fancy stuff. It comes on. Dennis could tell you all the stuff that has to come on. But it's going to come on. It's going to come to life. It's showing us a new creation that happens as the Spirit of God is going to breathe on humanity. He's going to bring life from the dead. Jesus breathes God's Spirit into the disciples to restore God's original intent for humanity. They became image bearers. That's what we were supposed to be. We were supposed to be image bearers, but we failed. Because some of you may be thinking, well, wait a second. You mean one day God's going to come and, and, and he's supposed to be breathing into us again? I, th I thought we got it at, at birth. It's because humanity gave in to sin. We gave in to sin and evil. Chaos is unleashed once again. We, we needed a new type uh, of uh, 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 something new from the Spirit to come and to dwell in us in a new way. We, we no longer had access to the tree of life. Our breath, the breath of the Spirit that gives us life and animation, it only lasts, and we, we know this because of the punishment of Adam, because we're all going to return to the dust of the ground. We have a problem. We need a new breath in us, a new movement and animation from the Spirit of God that can only come through Christ. And guess what? The Spirit still is hovering over the waters today. He's still hovering over the chaotic, disorder, sinful waters in baptism. When we come to Him, we are coming because we are ready to die to this old self. And we learn that at baptism, not only do we receive the forgiveness of sins, he says it's here we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We are animated by His breath so that we can be imitators of Christ in the world. And we go out into our world that is filled with dead men's bones, and we have this message of life and the breath of God. Now, it's very important before we finish this thing up, that we look at this second thing, because I don't want to lose, uh, lose uh, understanding, and that is the Holy Spirit is God. You know, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, I think this is the one that we struggle with the most. I think most people, they'll say, yeah, this is, this is where I struggle, you know. I mean, we talk about God the Father, you know, it's like, okay, we, we have fathers in this world. We can kind of get grasp some aspects of it, not that it's it's you know, apples to apples there. But, but at the same time, we kind of get fathers. When we talk about Jesus, he is God the Son. Well, we, can, we get a good understanding because he came, he took on human form like us, and, and we can read about him. We can read what he did and what he said and what he's about and everything else. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, we get a lot of symbols like a dove, breath, wind, fire. And it's like, okay, how does that translate? 
But I want you to understand this. The Spirit is not an impersonal force. I love Star Wars. I am not afraid to admit that I am a Star Wars nerd. And there is the aspect of the force. And sometimes I think with the Spirit, we kind of look at the Spirit like, like the force. May the force be with you. It's just out there. And, you know, if you really concentrate, you know, it gives you this power and all this kind of thing. And it's just this, this, this some kind of force that's out there, like it's a thing. But the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a thing. He is divine. He, along with the Father and the Son, make up God. He possesses all the attributes of God, and this is just a few here that I put up, but the Spirit is God's presence that relates to us in a personal way. The Bible tells us He can be grieved, He can be lied to, He can be resisted, and at the same time, we learn that He can be pleased when we rely upon His strength to help us be everything that God wants us to be. Folks, I just don't believe we need to demote the Holy Spirit to a book. This is his book. But that he inspired, but that would make him powerless, a power a powerless force instead of a divine personality. You know, we, we read about the um, the armor of God, you know, in, in, in Ephesians 6. And one of the things that we learn is that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Yeah, right? We get that. But we also know that a sword is different than the soldier himself. It's, uh, the sword is an instrument. It doesn't say that the sword is the Holy Spirit. It is the Word of God. It is, it is the Word that has been inspired by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. The Spirit is God. He is worthy of worship and praise and adoration. In fact, just sing this one slide with me. I think most of you will know it. Spirit, I adore you, and I lay my life before you. How I love you. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this day and we ask you, Father, to just help us, to give us wisdom and guidance in ways that, that we're just unable, even though, Father, we know we have your Spirit living in us and helping us. We know that we're still in this battle of the flesh and the Spirit. Father, I just pray that your Spirit will continue to lead us and guide us in ways and, and help us and correct us and, and just continue to help us to be more and more like your Son. Father, I just pray that we'll be the image bearers that you so desire. And even though I know that we're going to mess up at times, Father, I am just so thankful that you can transform us in ways that self-help books and, and good people and, and good things, that those things just can't transform us like your Spirit within us. 
Father, I just pray you continue to move in us. You continue to animate us and give us the energy that we need through your Spirit to accomplish all that you would have us to do. But Father, we just pray more than anything else that you would help everyone here and especially Peyton and I as we go through this series. Help us, Father, just to understand what you would want us to understand. Help us to focus on the things we need to focus on. And help us just to gain a greater understanding and knowledge. And more importantly, to, to continue to, to move us. To move us higher into a better place than we are currently. Father, we ask all of these things in the name of your Son, Jesus, who came and died and resurrected for us. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.